I mean, I, what is the plot of this thing? Yep. I mean, there's not much plot to it, really. But we have our narrator. It's a wooden doll. Yeah, we've got an. Well, the weird thing is, we have the the Disney logo, which then turns into Jiminy Cricket singing "When You Wish Upon a Star." Right. Like he invades the logo to kind of fall into shot, and then he becomes the the a character, but also the narrator, who is then having a discussion with the character. Um, yeah, he's like the older version and he's like, don't worry, this is going to happen to you. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. so, I think they wanted a narrator and I, I guess they didn't want to complicate it by adding somebody just reading the book, you know, like, right. which is a thing that uh, Disney films have done before. But then, of course, Shrek took mm-hmm. the mickey out of it by having Shrek open with a storybook being read. And so I uh, by Julie Andrews, if I remember. So I don't I don't think you can do that without this turning into like a Shrek thing. So they just right. went to they just went a completely different route by having Jiminy Cricket argue with himself as the narrator, um, you know, which fits in as well with Elvis, because in that Tom Hanks is the narrator and he's like, you know, mm. so, uh, you know, this is another film with Tom Hanks doing some narrating um, or being narrated, should I say? Uh, yeah. And he tells us all about Geppetto. Geppetto is a woodcarver um, and he's got a kitten called Figaro and a goldfish called Cleo. And later on in the film, I'll. For some reason, he decides to take the goldfish out in a rainstorm to find... And, then and the also, cat. Yeah, and the cat. Yeah, I mean, the cat, I kind of understand, because, you know, but... Uh, the poor bedraggled, soaking wet cat. <laughs> yeah, but a goldfish? Like, just leave the goldfish... Oh, no, it's ridiculous. Leave the goldfish at home. Uh, yeah, so he has two CGI pets already, so he wants a th- so third CGI I need to pet. discuss oh, yes, go for the it. CGI animation yeah. of these pets. So, first of all, looking at this cat... I just don't understand why we have CGI cats when we know, in fact, that cats exist. (laughs) And (laughs) this cat is horrifying. This cat looks like one of those terrible Renaissance paintings of a cat where you look at them and you're like, have you seen a cat before? And are you entirely confident about what a cat (laughs) looks like? This is what that cat looks like. And then there is this fish. And this is coming out of the original film as well. The fish has like come hither sexy eyes it's weird they're weird and i hate them yeah and also geppetto keeps like fingering his fish he keeps like putting his his finger into the bowl and like the fish like stroking his fish it's very weird like you don't stroke fish fish don't want to be stroked like they've got scales i think he strokes the fish at least as much as he strokes this poor cat yeah um also how is the cat not eating the fish well yeah it's also like like, this is a weird choice. Again, that, like, why would you have both a, pet, a pet cat and a pet fish? You, One of them's uh, going to get eaten. Yeah. I mean, again, in the vague vibe of nobody has heard of a cat before, the cat doesn't try to eat the fish. The cat also, this place is filled with strings, in particular on the about-to-be-built Pinocchio. No self-respecting cat would not be attacking those strings with intensity, especially a cat that seems like a pretty young cat. As, as somebody who has a one-year-old cat, yeah. that puppet would be wrecked. 
And also, uh, he has like uh, I don't know three hundred cuckoo clocks, like yeah. which all chime on the hour with like their weird oh, little kind of like Disney uh, Easter eggs because you've got like uh, you know Snow White and Seven Dwarfs in there. There's uh, I'm not going to go through all the but there's like lots of different references. Yeah. There's to There's a like, Lion Disney King films. one. Yeah, and there's also a couple of references to other Robert Zemeckis films in there as well. And this might itself be a, 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 a you know a callback to the fact that. Um, uh, Back to the Future starts with Marty McFly going into a place that has tons and tons and tons of clocks uh, that all mm. ring. So it might be a slight reference to that. Um, but also, yes, um, Geppetto, uh, he has two CGI pets. He makes himself a third, uh, a marionette based upon his dead son. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now- Which... Is sort of just vaguely talked about the fact that he's got a dead son and also a dead wife who I think gets briefly name dropped as, as a, I think a Constanza is the name given to her. Yeah. <laughs> we but, don't really get into it. No. And the thing is, as well, is Jiminy Cricket kind of breaks into this guy's house and he's he's there at the moment that Pinocchio is, is basically being finished off. Um, and... Uh, as he comes in, he 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 almost puts his hand on this other carvings behind, uh, which is I think is meant to just be like a big bustle, and he kind of like goes, oh excuse me, and then once he's done that, like um, he says, oh you know Geppetto, you know he lost his son, and um, <laughs> like he made one because you know like he uh, you know basically he doesn't have the the kind of the the skills to you know make a real one. Like, be, there's some kind of weird implication yeah. that, like, Geppetto's sperm count is low or nobody wants to uh, well, I think what he have says sex is with just Geppetto. He or... I think what he says is he just doesn't get out much. Yeah. So I think it maybe is just that, like, Geppetto has, like, a, like, level zero sex life. Yeah, which is weird because, you know, that mustache on Tom Hanks, you know, it's... Uh... <laughs> how, how are people not lining yeah. up around the block how, for that mustache? Yeah. How is it not mustache rides <laughs> 24-7 with Geppetto? Uh, I mean, the regardless of the mustache, can you imagine having sex and then all of a sudden all those clocks go off? <laughs> like, good God. Well, you know, that's why you start at like, I don't know, a minute past the hour and then it gives you the most <laughs> maximum amount of time before that happens again. But yeah, so Geppetto wishes on a star, but it's not a shooting star. It's a completely stationary star that he calls the wishing star. <laughs> So it's like yeah, just the wishing star. It's a thing. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I was like, oh, OK, I guess. Um, but sh- I should also say that bizarrely um, this this like obviously, you know, the the when you wish upon a star uh, originally comes from, the you know, the original Pinocchio in 1940. Um, mm-hmm. And the like the weirdest thing is um, <laughs> Disney on making a spinoff. There's an animated film coming out this year that is called Wish that is about that star huh yeah <laughs> so in a w- is that the same as the movie that tinkerbell is in or am i mixing no i don't no tinkerbell oh, would be in a completely thing? different yeah i think tinkerbell's in the okay. the peter and wendy film uh, oh okay you know whereas yeah they're, so they make it so that star is getting its own spin-off um sure you know because obviously this has been part of the, its its production logo since like you know the 80s um but yeah, so but yeah, this is this is the weird thing. He doesn't wish upon like a, a, like a shooting star. It's just a stationary star that's in the sky that's a little bit brighter than the others. Obviously, we all know what stars are these days. But you know, back in whenever this was written, maybe they didn't. So you know, shooting stars and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's just uh, dust in the atmosphere makes it look like the star is shooting, but it really isn't. As it's sta- so, I guess all shooting stars are really stationary. But you know, 
Um, what's weird is when Geppetto sends sends Pinocchio off to school, which you know obviously will happen in a bit. Uh, he says, you know, you've got to learn stuff. Like they go out into the sun. And he goes, yeah, the sun goes around the earth like every day. And you're like, no, that's not correct. <laughs> that's. I mean, I guess one kid. Okay, the time setting, I say as a historian, is vaguely unclear. In a lot of ways, it feels very clearly like it has to be like early 20th century. That particular line is, okay, are we, you know, in like a pre-Galileo context? It's messy in terms of It's actually set in a very specific year. It's set in 1895. Oh. Oh, does it? It says that. Uh, that? There's a couple. There's a couple of things in the film that give it away, but yeah, that's what. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah. So that's what I was thinking. Yeah, late nineteenth, yeah. early twentieth century is the overall impression, and then there's just this weird, like, this is something that people believed in, say, the early seventeenth century. Yeah, which is why I'm like, <laughs> everybody knows about the heliocentric model, even in eighteen ninety five. So I don't know why Geppetto is saying yeah. that, but I get, I like, okay. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, he makes a wish, and of course, uh, because he wished from the depths of his heart or whatever, um, we get the Blue Fairy. And we get what I'm going to call one of the most annoying scenes in cinema history, uh, where this Blue Fairy... Well, uh, this is absolutely no judgment on <laughs> Cynthia uh, uh, Erivo. Like, n- n- like, she is... Like, she's very charming, and it's, you know, it's nice to... You know, yeah. She's, like, very good in this part, but the script is so dumb where she's, like... She arrives and she's like, oh, I see what the problem is. And then taps Pinocchio on the head. So he comes to life. And then she goes, I'm the blue fairy. And then Pinocchio says, I'm the blue fairy. And she goes, oh, I see what the problem is. And it's like, did you not just see what the problem was 30 seconds ago? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, and it's also she. Okay, so he's brought to life, but he doesn't have like an actual you know functioning human brain he just is repeating things and so then she has to like build him a brain but she can't build him a conscience that has to come from this cricket that she happened to find it makes no sense yeah well i mean jiminy obviously is already there and he's seen all this happen um and so yeah she she kind of he starts repeating stuff so she gives him the ability to basically not repeat stuff and then obviously she's like what's your name and he's like i don't know and jiminy cricket chimes in and says his name is pinocchio and so he goes, my name is Pinocchio. And then, you know, we kind of get the, uh, I mean, the kid who is obviously doing this voice, which is, as I said, Benjamin Evan Ainsworth, um, probably lives somewhere in Surrey. Uh, probably got, you know, three cars on the drive. Um, he, like his, like his, like his, his voice of Pinocchio is exactly what it should be. But it's also very annoying because... As a character, Pinocchio is very grating and very annoying because he just kind of is this dumb kid who keeps repeating stuff. Um, And yeah, so we get this whole thing where the Blue Fairy is like, you need a conscience. And then Jiminy Cricket is like given a fancy new costume, um, which, of course, matches the 1940 uh, cartoon. And, you know, he's now going to be the conscience and he's going to teach him right from wrong. um, Which we will find out as the film goes on. He is horrendously bad at and barely actually does that <laughs> like yeah you know, he only once by accident does he actually kind of help pinocchio understand right from wrong the rest of the time it's a crapshoot um yeah but- oh so actually i wanted to before we move on i wanted to say a couple of things about uh tom hanks's performance so uh, so far the first is tom hanks either sing or don't yeah <laughs> because there's a lot of points where he's supposed to sing but he's just like kind of talk singing and it's like, dude, just 
either just talk or lean into it. Like you gotta do one or the other. <laughs> yeah. I, I, but yeah, I, I, I think obviously, you know, one of the, one of the original strengths of, you know, the first few Disney movies, um, before, uh, Walt Disney went and blew all his cash on making, uh, you know, a, a kind of, you know, acid trip fueled film and almost bankrupt in the company with Fantasia, um, was the songs. Obviously, you know, pe- that's what people remember from like yeah. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. That's what people remember from, um, you know, Cinderella with the whole kind of, um, bibbity bobbity boo thing and and then obviously also that's what is you know that's the main thing from pinocchio is when you wish upon a star like right. you know like that's the so yeah but we have uh, what's what's weird as well about like this is the most we're going to see tom hanks in this film this this opening section where he makes a pinocchio and starts dancing around yeah um, and he's spending a lot of time just talking to himself like he's he's alone yeah. in in his you know clock filled house and he's just constantly talking to himself about everything that he's doing, like narrating his own life. And sort of talking to, I guess, I guess technically it's some of the time he's talking technically to the, uh, the cat and the fish. Yes, but neither the cat nor the fish are real. They don't <laughs> exist. So it looks really odd. He's narrating his life to these two CGI creations that aren't there. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing the only thing that's in this room is like the bed and like maybe the desk and everything else is kind of yeah. like going to be CGI. Um, and that's again where I don't think to, you know, to slightly get ahead of ourselves. I don't think his performance is good, but I also can't imagine how well one could do this given the extent to which he is really acting to nothing. Yeah. Although the saving grace is at least in this opening part, he also isn't playing Pinocchio and the cat and the fish. Uh, which you know, obviously, if this was like Polar Express, those would all be Tom Hanks's. Uh, yeah. So, so um, but yeah. So we, you know, obviously the the commotion of um, Pinocchio, you know, being made real, uh, wakes up Geppetto. Um, he's only just gone to bed. Like I don't know, like an hour. And somehow ago. slept through this loud song. <laughs> Yeah, he sleeps through the blue fairy singing like the middle eight of when you wish upon a star, um, and or second second verse like it's it's not the lyrics that you know you know from the kind of opening, um, and yeah she she goes away after she's turned Jimmy Cricket into like a fancy guy with a top hat, um, and an umbrella, and it wakes up Geppetto and he's like I th- I think in the original animated film he had like a gun. Uh, but obviously they've dropped that element. They're not, he's not waking up and loading his shotgun here, you know. Uh, although I would love to have seen that, who he just, like, shotgun in. <laughs> just shoots his kid. Yeah, shoots Pinocchio and that. But then we find out that's how his, 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 you know, his human kid died as well. He's, he startled his, his dad one night and he just shot him. Um, I mean, I'm going to be honest. If, like, this weird, like, wooden dummy thing showed up in front of me moving I would shoot that <laughs> yeah. just immediately. But he doesn't shoot him. He's, you know, a bit shocked. And then he finds out Pinocchio's alive. And then they start dancing and singing. And uh, we then get like a kind of montage thing where Geppetto and Pinocchio and the CGI animals become a family. And, mm-hmm. and, and I will say he's not leaning into the singing, but he is leaning into the dancing for yeah. better or worse. Well, I mean, you know, we're talking about the man who wrote and directed that thing you do. So he can like, and he composed some of the songs on that soundtrack. So he does, he does understand music a little bit, um, but you know, not enough to be what one would call a singer or dancer. 
you know, he knows that his strengths lie in growing mustaches. And so, yeah, but after a few days of Pinocchio being alive, Geppetto is like, you've got to go to school. Uh, but the weird thing is he sends him to school, but doesn't inform the school that his kid is coming to school and that his kid is a puppet. Um, also, all of the other children going to school are on are like are like on leashes on a leash. Yeah, and he doesn't and he doesn't get into the, into the leash gathering. I mean, um, it's it's funny because like that. I mean, obviously, I mean, I think you've stuck on that, but that didn't bother me because that is something that is kind of common over here when you got like a bunch of like five or six year olds and they're with like a teacher. They will all be on like little leashes. Like that is the thing. But that... get Pinocchio on the leash. No, if yeah, that's, this the, is cu- if that's the custom. Pinocchio needs to be on that leash. Yeah, Pinocchio is unleashed, and uh, which you know would be a good sequel to this film, Pinocchio Unleashed. Um, but yeah, so I mean, Pinocchio is on his way to school, but obviously this is when Jiminy Cricket sleeps in, and, mm-hmm. and so of course immediately just walking into the film is Honest John and his his cat partner Gideon. Uh, Honest John is a fox and Gideon is a cat. And these are characters that come from the original book, uh, which contains a fox and a cat who tried to trick Pinocchio. Um, And in the original cartoon, these are the people who sell him to the coachman so he can go to Pleasure Island. Um, And in this the year 2023, the fox is still vaguely queer coded. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Cool. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, he's there with his... With his partner Gideon, I mean, we don't we don't judge what relationship they're in, but uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like Keegan Michael Key is kind of uh, playing that up a little bit. Um, yeah. But the, what's weird is he walks past a poster that says, you know, Stromboli's in town, and he just says out loud, "Oh, look, Stromboli's in town." And I'm like, "Why is this cat talking to us? Like, who? Like, mm. I know he's talking to Gideon, but it's like, what?" Um. And yeah, so Honest John, he bumps into Pinocchio and he has this conversation with him where he says, you know, you could be really famous. You don't need to be a real boy. Um, You know, how about you go and work for Stromboli and then you can be famous and your dad will be proud of you. And obviously because Jiminy Cricket is missing from this whole thing, you know, Pinocchio is just like, yeah, sure. okay." like he's instantly convinced uh, by Honest John, who introduces himself as Honest John. And you're like, I mean... Like, okay. Um, but yes. Also, this is so this is both where the Chris Pine joke comes in, but also the line of, why would you want to be real if you can be famous? Which I groaned out loud at as like, oh, look, commentary. We're doing commentary now. Yeah. Uh, we have to do that, huh? <laughs> yes. Um, I, th- I think, yeah. I mean, this is obviously then where we also get the, you know, the appearance of Sophia and she keeps trying to tell Jiminy Cricket stuff and he's like, stop talking. I need to get to Spinocchio. <laughs> like, I don't want to get into a discussion she... with you about stuff. Like, let's just get, let's just, you know, carry me to Pinocchio. Like, let's find Pinocchio. Um, she does however so at first he thinks that she's going to eat him and she doesn't and she explains i don't like bugs too much work i prefer garbage which feels vaguely like a good metaphor for this movie yes uh (laughs) yeah um we get we also get uh, keegan michael key singing an actor's life to me uh, actor's life for me where he actually he uses the word gay um, but in the, you know, the extremely outdated sense that literally nobody uses it in. Right. Um, and he does also, I mean, he has the kind of vague, the vague sort of like dandy vibe, uh, which yeah. is often kind of linked with queerness in certain kind of stereotypical, um, you know, 
understanding. So it's yeah. it, it's a weird move. It's it's something that I feel like we could have done maybe better in terms of are we really still queer coding villains in 2023? Yeah. Um, Jiminy manages to get there on time to stop this, you know, from going on, to stop him from deciding to join the circus and be a famous puppet or whatever. Apparently, Stromboli has been looking for a puppet without strings for many years. So I'm like, what? Huh? What's... <laughs> okay. Like, why would he be looking for that? Like, why would that... There's a lot of things that Stromboli does that kind of annoys me, but, like, that's, like, one of the weird things is, like, oh, so he's actively been looking for a puppet without any strings. Why? Why would that ever happen? Why would you ever think that a marionette was going to exist that doesn't have strings? That is the very essence of a marionette. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so obviously there's a there's some kind of... Uh, you know the, the like the, the the Gideon is about to like hit Jiminy with a mallet, but he accidentally hits Honest John because obviously Jiminy Cricket is a cricket and they can jump very quickly. So he hits him on the head, and then the mallet kind of falls on Gideon. And then as Pinocchio's going, he for some reason has the mallet in his hand, and um, you know Jiminy Cricket says, uh, you know, leave the mallet, and obviously he does, and it hits honest john on the head again and that is a picture wrap on keegan michael key everybody goodbye keegan michael key and honest john uh, like in the original film they come they come back a couple of times and they're more integral to the plot but for this they're obviously i don't know they're done that's it yeah. he comes back once right it's, a, it's because pinocchio goes to school he gets kicked out of school oh yeah yeah but yeah but like not like not really because in the in the original film he comes back a couple more times and he's kind of more integral yeah. to the plot so in this it's like okay that's the ma- that's his major scene done with like he made a chris pine yeah. joke and then he's gone and you're like yes they cut a lot of honest john and they cut a lot of the blue fairies seem to be two of the kind of biggest differences yeah um and you know we also have jiminy cricket constantly calling pinocchio pinocchio which annoys me uh, don't do yep. that. Just call him Pinocchio. I know it's a long name, but you—that's his name. Um, and uh, also, I really hate how on. I think it's Honest John who starts trying to spell his name and then gives up. And I really disliked that intensely because he. Okay, Jiminy Cricket at least is presumed to be a dumb American. I say as an American, but Honest John, I feel like is supposed to be local, and it's like you—you you don't know, you don't understand this like name, which is not that weird if you know Italian. Yeah, sure. like you, you can say Stromboli without any problems. Why can't you just say Pinocchio? It's not that hard. No, yeah, because Pinocchio isn't also like a kind of food. <laughs> I guess. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Pinocchio is about to go to school and Jiminy's like, hey, listen to the listen to the teacher, do all this. Kind of... And then, of course, uh, seconds later, the teacher kicks Pinocchio out. And this is just as Honest John puts Jiminy Cricket into a glass so he cannot escape and advise, uh, you know, Pinocchio on anything. And then, as, as we say, Honest John is like, uh, let's go to Stromboli's and basically just takes him straight to Stromboli. Um and, you know, that's it. That's, Honest John is no longer in this plot. Uh, we get to meet Stromboli, uh, as we said, played by the only Italian in this entire film, uh, Giuseppe uh, Battiston. Um, and uh, he is, uh, you know, um, relatively well-known Italian actor. He's been in tons and tons of films, um, uh, lots of which, uh, you know, have a number of uh, vowels in. Uh, and so here he is as Stromboli, who, um, you know, he's got this theatre that has tons and tons and tons of marionettes that are worked by his crew, um, including one which is a ballerina, which is voiced by a different person than the person who operates the ballerina. Like, I would have thought the ballerina was meant to be 
the ma- like the marionette was meant to act as Fabiana's like voice, like you know. She- but yeah, it weirdly the ballerina is kind. The ballerina is clearly controlled by Fabiana, but also kind of seems like she's actually her own person with whom Pinocchio can have an immense amount of vaguely upsetting sexual tension. Yeah, uh, voice like we c- c- you know we meet. Uh, Kian Lamea as Fabiana, who has injured her leg. She was a ballerina, and now she can, you know, she's wearing this brace until she can be a ballerina again. But for the moment, she is working a marionette called Sabina, who is also a ballerina. And like I say, I was expecting that it would just be that the marionette is being worked by this person and they are also doing the voice for it. But no, a completely different person voices this marionette. Um, and we see we see that like Pinocchio is gonna he's gonna put on a show, um, and he's gonna sing I've got no strings. And as he starts singing it and walking down some stairs, he trips over and his nose gets stuck in a hole in some wood, and everyone laughs. And obviously, you know, this boosts Pinocchio's ego. Um, and so he gets up, and then we have like a full production of I've got no strings, which includes a bunch of lots of different marionettes that kind of come in and out of the scene, including as you say, an extremely sexually um, uh, hot scene where the ballerina and Pinocchio dance very close together. Um, and then a bunch... It's weird. And <laughs> okay, also especially because... All right, so Pinocchio is supposed to be, what, like 10? I mean, you know, in reality, he's existed for two minutes. But let's say he's approximately 10. The ballerina, in contrast, is coded as, like, basically, I would say, like, a woman in, like at least her late teens yeah i mean well let's let's assume she's someone who's actually properly in training to be a ballerina you would assume that yeah. she would have started ballerina school at least at 18 so yeah she's got to be a teen i mean let's say if she's a ballerina who's actually you know dancing she's maybe 20 so in, inappropriate yeah inappropriate really for pinocchio creepy. to be kind of grabbing at her and for her to be leaning on pinocchio so closely um but yeah, so, you know, they have a brief little part of the routine where they're singing about he's got no strings. And then a bunch of Russian guys come in doing that Russian dance that obviously is, you know, the trademark of everybody who's Russian. Uh, they wear those hats and they do that dance where their legs go up in the air, um, much sure. like the character of Rasputin did in that Kingsman film that came out last year. And he like kind of did it on a table and started fighting as well. So, yeah, and, and obviously Pinocchio, because he just, uh, it could, just copies everything he sees, he starts doing the exact same dance. Uh, he ends up generating some fire with his feet because he danced so fast. Um, keep that in the back of your mind because that might come in later on in this story. Um, and yeah, so, you know. You cannot imagine how little I would have cared had he actually caught on fire <laughs> and the movie had ended. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, uh, similarly, Jiminy Cricket, when he's walking along the road, he complains about, you know, like the, there's loose stones and he says, you know, what if a wheel comes and catches this and throws a stone and it hurts someone? And you're like, okay, I don't know what he's talking about that for, but you know, again, a clumsy setup for later on in the film. Um, but yeah, and as with a lot of these things that I don't understand from films of this era, um, people just start throwing money at the stage. Uh, sure. And I'm like, I, I don't understand that. Like, I mean, it's it's like super weird because it's like, how does this show make money if all it does is turn up? put on a show and then hope that at the end of it, people will start throwing coins on stage. Right? Don't they charge admission? Yeah. I, I don't... And if you paid admission, I, I mean, if you paid admission, like, why then would you be throwing additional money at the stage? Exactly. It's, My thoughts, exactly. Weird. It would be like me going to the cinema, not paying for a ticket, get, watching the film, and then at the end of the film, 
getting a bunch of change out and just throwing it at the screen for some reason. Like, it makes... But only if you like it. If you oh, don't, yeah. you're, oh, you're no. just going to take yeah, off. This is it. Yeah, if I don't like the film, then I'm just going to be like, no, I'm walking out of this and not paying. It does, it just does not... I don't understand how Stromboli expects this to work as a business. Uh, but obviously, he's been doing it for years because Honest John knows his name when he just sees it on a poster, so... Uh, and, and he's got posters, so... Yeah. You know, that's a sign of success. Cost money to get posters printed up. They're very expensive. Mm-hmm. And these would have been hand-painted in 1895, so... Yeah. You know got money to to spare uh, apparently because he also has cages in his um you know in his his coaches uh yeah so they you know the success of pinocchio is like okay this is great and stromboli decides to put him in a cage uh, and then put the key on the on the the wall uh within nose reaching distance um and the like the weirdest thing is uh, like st- like pinocchio is obviously not happy about what what he now realizes to be his imprisonment um, but, you know, Stromboli hadn't caged him up until this point. So, like, he could have just escaped because he's obviously a puppet with no strings. But then Stromboli's like, oh, no, I'm going to put you in a cage now. And I'm like, well, why didn't you just put him in a cage to start off with? You know that this this kid is here effectively against his will. Why did you allow him to run about to the point where you felt the need to put him into a cage? Anyway, that doesn't make any sense. Neither does the fact that as uh, Pinocchio is sat in his cage... Um, oh, I skipped over the song that Fabiana sings about being like a, a dancer or whatever. But like, oh, right. who cares about that? It, uh, like, yeah, I mean, you know, the actress, the, the, I think the actress does a nice job in this, but I'm like, I don't I don't really care. <laughs> like, it's it is not her fault that her character is vaguely pointless and doesn't really have a personality other than nice. Yeah. And 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 obviously her singing and making a, a commotion is why. Um, Pinocchio is put into the cage but then Pinocchio is in the cage and he's talking like this is where the 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 circus things they go past the the cup where um uh, where Jiminy Cricket is and they accidentally a, a stone shoots off and knocks the cup and then he can get out and he gets onto the thing um but while he but then the thing is uh you know Fabiana is talking about breaking out Pinocchio and all of a sudden Stromboli comes in and he goes what's going on in here and I'm like, buddy, you put him in a cage like three minutes ago. Are you going to do this every three minutes? Are you going to keep coming by and say, what's going on in here? He's a talking puppet. He's going to be talking. You might be talking to himself. You don't know. You've only met him three minutes ago. Like His dad talks to himself all the time. Maybe it yeah, runs the family. This is a common thing that happens within the family. that I, They haven't got a surname, but obviously it's probably, you know, the name of their village. Um, but yeah, so like... I, I, I don't know, like, it, it annoyed me that Stromboli, first of all, didn't just cage him to start off with, and then he cages him, and he immediately bursts in three minutes later to say, what's going on in here? But it's like, I, I, like, what is what is your life, Stromboli? How are you, like... Don't uh, you have anything better to do? Exactly. You're, you know, you should be watching where the horses are going so that they don't lose a wheel to some stones on the road. Um, but yeah, so Jiminy Cricket manages to get into... Um, the cage with Pinocchio and he's talking to him about you know stuff and Pinocchio begins to lie and of course as Pinocchio lies his nose gets longer and he says stuff like I didn't enjoy the adoration of being on stage and you know his nose grows and he talks about how he doesn't want to you know he really wants to go to school his nose grows again (laughs) and halfway through this we then turn this into a Shrek joke because They've done this joke in Shrek where Pinocchio deliberately lies so his nose gets longer so he's able to grab something. Right. 
Um, and now we just do that again. Yeah, we so we do this here where on you know for some, Jiminy Cricket is standing on the end of his nose each time he lies, so he gets further and further away from Pinocchio, and then he realizes he's getting closer to the keys, and then so of course Pinocchio says, "I don't want to be a real boy," and then his nose grows really long, <laughs> and then Jiminy Cricket can get the you know the key, and then you know he starts telling truths and his nose shrinks back down. This is the only time in the entire film when his nose will grow, and obviously this is the thing that people know about Pinocchio. You know, the, some, calling someone a Pinocchio doesn't mean that they want to be a real boy. It means that they're a liar. That is the thing that Pinocchio is known for, is lying and his nose growing. Um, and it's funny because some people criticise this film that, like, in the original, like, Pinocchio lies and then learns to tell the truth and there's, like, a moral lesson in it. Whereas here, it's just a joke from Shrek where he deliberately lies and he learns nothing. Right, the lying is in fact beneficial, which seems like it's not actually teaching the lesson. Like, it seems like the lesson that we learn from this morally is lying is bad except when it's helpful. Yeah, like, if you, like, tell her... And the irony is, of course, like, Pinocchio saying, I don't want a real boy, and that's a lie so his nose grows... That just means that Pinocchio has mastered the art of lying so that he can take advantage of it. That's I don't think that's a good lesson <laughs> to learn. But right, you know. Okay, uh, so the nose gets shorter. They unlock the, the cage, and then, then of course uh, they manage to escape. Um, of course, we, we haven't talked much about Geppetto because he's not in this film much after the after the opening scenes. Uh, but Pinocchio never returned home from school because, of course, he was kicked out of school and then he ended up, uh, you know, at the circus, basically. And so um, he Geppetto went out in a, in a pouring rainstorm with his cat and his fish to look for Pinocchio. Just wandering around As the streets. Did. Yeah, wandering around the streets in the soaking rain saying Pinocchio over and over again. That is how you find Pinocchio. He walks straight past... With your cat and your fish. Yeah, you got to take your fish out as well, of course, because otherwise... How... I mean, it's weird that the, like, the fish bowl is being rained on, but it never overflows. Um, no. But yeah, the, the rain effect... And also this poor, just soaked, bedraggled, <laughs> miserable cat. Leave this cat at home. This yeah. cat does not want to be out in this weather. No, I mean, you know, we used to have a cat, and if it was raining even the slightest, it would meow for the door to be opened. You open the door, and it would go out, and th- like literally three seconds later, jump straight back in. Cats don't want to be out in the rain. Don't take your cat deliberately out in the rain, Geppetto, you insane old man. Um, uh, but yeah, so he's just wandering around out in the fields looking for Pinocchio. Of course, Pinocchio has now managed to escape, and so he's running back home with with um, uh, with Jiminy Cricket. And then, out of nowhere, they get um, swept up by uh, this coach that is coming past with a bunch of boys on and girls. And because in the original it was pretty much all boys, wasn't it? Um, right. So this time they've, you know, I mean Disney going bloody woke once more. And they, so woke. Yeah, so woke. let's add. Three nameless women. <laughs> yes. Look, look, we did a feminism. They did. Although in saying that, um, no, I was going to say, does does this pass the Bechdel test? But I don't think it does. Does it? It absolutely can't. I mean, I, we've got a, we, well. Sophia the seagull has a name, and Fabiana has a name. So we have two names, but they women. never meet each other. No, they don't. And Fabiana, she, well, she does just mostly talk about herself and her ballerina. She doesn't talk to any other women about it so no and i'm trying to remember I, okay i'm trying to remember if um oh my god if um sabine and fabina talk to each other but do they but even if they do do they count as separate people i mean they're voiced by different actors so they might but i'm actually not sure they do no i think they both just talk to pinocchio 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so no, I think this movie does not pass the Bechdel no. test. Okay. Well, you know, that's what they say. Go woke, go broke. Um, so yeah, we, we've got a, a bunch of boys and a few girls on this coach that is being led by the coachman, played by Luke Evans. Everyone's favorite. Oh yeah. That guy. I, yeah. He was... In terms also of like weird, this script is really insistent on having everything like telegraphed in advance in a way that is unnecessary. And so of course you have to may have Jiminy Cricket start to make a comment about peer pressure three <laughs> seconds before Pinocchio gets like taken up on this coach and to get peer pressured. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He's, he's literally like people who are the same as you are your peers. Therefore, sometimes they can pressure you and then they, they get swept up into the, 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 um, into this coach. Of course, uh, Luke Evans, I mean, he's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, the name Evans, of course, he's Welsh. Should go without saying. Born in Pontypool. Um, uh, raised as Jehovah's Witness, which is kind of like, for somebody in Wales, that's kind of weird. Um, uh, but yeah, so obviously he's been in a ton of stuff. Uh, you know, he was the villain in Fast and Furious 6. He was in The Hobbit. He was in that Free Musketeers film that came out in 2011, which is funny because in this song he's about to sing, he says, one for all. Um and he was also in The Raven, which was like that weird thing with John Cusack, if you remember that, where it's like a serial mm. killer type thing, but it involves Edgar Allan Poe. John Cusack is like Edgar Allan Poe as a like right. detective. Sure. Such a weird uh, combination of yeah. different elements. Uh, but most recently, I guess he would have been known to people who watch Disney Plus as Gaston in the remake yep. of Beauty and the Beast. Uh, and mm-hmm. I suspect that is probably why he is in this film because he's already worked with and Disney. I, um, yeah. So. And I will say, uh, Luke, I actually thought Luke Evans did a solid job as Gaston. And I think he's doing a solid job here in that he is leaning into campy villain, which is what you got to do if you're going to do campy villain. Yeah. And to show him that, you know, to show us that he is an evil person, he has a gigantic gap in his teeth. Um, of course. And he speaks like a cockney. Uh, and we all know that all cockneys are evil. And so, of Fairly. course... Because they're poor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're only cockney if you're born within the the sound of bow bells. Um, and so I don't know if that would actually work here because he's in Italy for some reason. I, like... Yeah. <laughs> you know. I, yeah. And he, we meet Lampwick here, who is, you know, a naughty kid who keeps encouraging. What I find about Lampwick is he has absolutely no personality other than to make oh, no. weird quips as they're going through like uh, Pleasure Island. But we'll get to that in a second because we have a song where uh, <laughs> the coachman peer pressures uh, Pinocchio into having fun. He like sings a song about having fun and he's like, uh, you know, everything's fun, isn't it? Oh, it's all fun. And you're like, okay. He's like, don't be a party pooper. Have some fun. And they're like, uh, okay, I guess he will. <laughs> um, yeah. And this whole thing, it, it it's very weird because, I mean, as you said, right, it doesn't totally work that they're Cockney sitting in Italy. And in general, like, the whole vibe of this crowd is just, like, vaguely Dickensian. Um, yeah, so they're on their way to Pleasure Island, which is an island full of pleasure. But as... Which <laughs> sounds a little dirty and also the whole like we, we learn eventually you know what the actual deal is with this island but before we learn what the actual deal is with this island which you know i did not remember from the original movie the whole vibe is vaguely we're probably sex trafficking these children and 
I feel like it kind of didn't need to be, and it is, and it it's weird. It's really weird. Yeah, I mean, the, the like the funniest thing the funniest thing about this whole Pleasure Island thing is, and this is going to sound like a bit of a detour, but I promise you it isn't. Um, when I was younger, uh, we had a VHS of a Pinocchio film, uh, but it was not the Disney Pinocchio film. Uh, I should I should stress. Uh, it was actually a film, and I'm sure some listeners might remember this one, which is called Pinocchio and the Emperor of the Night. Um, and in it, uh, it's kind of the same. It's the same story, except that Jiminy Cricket is a bumblebee and uh, mm. Geppetto is voiced by Tom Bosley. Uh, Scott Grimes plays Pinocchio. Uh, Scott Grimes these days is better known for doing the voice of Steve Smith on um, and he's also he was also in ER for like a few years and um, yeah like so it's weird that like one of the first things he ever did like as a kid was the voice of Pinocchio he's also going to be in Oppenheimer um, and uh, he was in that that 2010 uh, Robin Hood with um, what's it uh, Russell Crowe um, yeah and and the voice of like the emperor of the night is done by James Earl Jones uh Frank Welker does a bunch mm. of voices um Jonathan Harris plays um the the bee who is meant to be the replacement for mm. um Jiminy Cricket yeah so there's like a lot of but the weirdest thing about this this film is as this film came out and it was made by New World Pictures and it was done by Filmation Disney sued them and said you can't adapt a Pinocchio story and um, they went to court and Disney lost. And that declaration, that's the reason why there were three Pinocchios all coming out at the same time, because Disney do not cannot claim anything about Pinocchio to be theirs other than Jiminy Cricket, the, right. the style of Pinocchio and like the blue fairy. Like those are the, those are very specific things. Everything else about Pinocchio is up for grabs. And the weird thing about this, like um, Pinocchio and the Emperor and the Night thing, is it really focuses like a, a huge portion of the the story on a thing that is called the land where dreams come true, which is about mm-hmm. like I don't know, like various nightmare things, and you know, there's all kinds of like creatures that form, and and so for me, that like in terms of like a Pinocchio story, that's the thing. You know, we had this VHS as a kid, and we watched it dozens of times, and so that's the thing that I remember. So when we get to Pleasure Island. That is like obviously in Emperor of the Night they couldn't they couldn't use the words Pleasure Island, but it is effectively that's what most of the film is about. Right. Like fifty percent of the film takes place in what is effectively Pleasure Island. But Pleasure Island in the original Pinocchio film and in this film is just a tiny thin sliver of the story. And it's so weird. Um uh, but yeah, so and the weird the weird thing is, especially like in the original Pinocchio animated thing, of course, what they did was drink beer and smoke cigars. And, you know, basically they acted like adults. And that is when they all started turning into donkeys. And here they drink root beer. Yes. Which. <laughs> which, you can, like, you cannot get, you cannot, like, root beer is not an Italian, you can't get root beer anywhere in Italy. Like, you can barely get it in a, anywhere in Europe unless you just import it from also, America. But also, like, it's not morally problematic for children no. to drink root beer. Yeah, and that that's the weird thing about, like, they made these changes because obviously you can't have you know, smoking and, and drinking as part of this this part of the film. And Jiminy Cricket, when he when he when he finds this place, he 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 refers to it as H E double hockey sticks. So he can't even say the word hell. 
And what are the kids doing at Pleasure Island? They're riding on on like a wheel. That's not like, you know, bad. Right. They're attending a carnival, drinking root beer. There is like a shoplifting game, but it's a game which and it's set up as such, which feels very, you know, the equivalent of like playing violent video games makes you actually violent in real life. Yeah, and they smash up a school. Like that's right. another, uh, it's called the D grade school. <laughs> yeah, which is yeah, the most obvious joke. They set off fireworks. I'm not aware of setting off fireworks as like obviously they set off fireworks close to people and one guy I mean, I think it's meant to be implied goes up his behind because he then jumps into the water. And as we said, Lampwick has no personality other than to make weird little quips. So he, as this as this kid jumps into the water, he goes, "Oh, that got up him." I'm like, "What?" what <laughs> like also the height of immoral behavior on Pleasure Island is that there's a clock store and they break clocks. And Pinocchio, you know he's truly good and cares about his father because he can't bear to break the clock. Well, it's like, this is, it's just like so saccharine. Yeah, well, it's literally because they have Sugar Mountain where the kids are sailing, like going down it as if it's like a water slide, but they're just eating all the sugar. Um, And Pinocchio looks horrified at all the sugar eating. He looks horrified at the, you know, the shoplifting that goes on in this fake shop. He looks like horrified at the fireworks being set off. Um, and then there's this one like exhibit where it's just a bunch of things that are said negative about kids. And the, the, the kids hold up these placards that say negative things about their parents. And I'm like, OK. Um, and they smash up the school. And then obviously, yeah, like you say, the, 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 there's this whole long thing where they're like smashing up all these cuckoo clocks. And Pinocchio's face is like he's crying about the fact that they're smashing up these cuckoo clocks. And he won't join in. And Lampwick's like get a load of this and he gets out his um slingshot and he slingshots one and i'm like what am i getting yeah there's this like grandfather clock and has like maybe like a son with eyes or something like that and he gets it like right in one of the eyes yeah get a load of that and it's like pinocchio why didn't you want to have fun and break the (laughs) clocks and pinocchio is like i have morals yeah like even without jiminy even without jiminy cricket there he still seems to understand the difference between right and wrong but the only thing he understands as being wrong is smashing up clocks uh because that's what geppetto makes um and and it's the reason it annoys me so much is that it's an island that's specifically set up to do this which means all of these things are in fact completely victimless crimes yeah like yes it would be bad if you were going to an actual shop and stealing and vandalizing things like for just like for fun like yeah sure that would be obnoxious and would be harmful to the people whose like stuff that is but doing it on as i said an island where it is all specifically set up as a game is actually like okay yeah no like you should like that seems fine actually yeah and so i mean the, you know the original cartoon apparently like you know the thing that people liked about the pleasure island part was it did contain some moral lessons about what you shouldn't do because some of those things were bad uh because they involved smoking and drinking and obviously kids shouldn't be smoking and drinking Which at least yeah children yeah. should not so be like doing. but in this case it's like you know, someone like one of the reviews was like, yeah, they, when they get to Pleasure Island, they just do things that kids do. Right. <laughs> and, and, and the, it's, it's very weird. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they've accidentally sanitized it. Once again, Disney has gone woke and uh, I can only see them going broke because of this. Um, but then we get to like one of the 
Well, here's a, like, but it's not even woke. It actually just seems really conservative. Yeah. Like it actually seems like basically what they're saying is that like actually children, the only good children are the ones who like it should be seen and not heard and only do exactly what their parents tell them to do. Like it feels very like conservative Christian. Yeah. Which considering this film is set in 1895, that would actually be fairly accurate in terms of like, you know, what right. Victorians expected of their children. So yeah. yeah okay. Kind of fits. Uh, yeah. No, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> but we end up at one of the more famous scenes from the original, which is, of course, Lampwick turning into a donkey. Although at one point he says, uh, am I a jackass? And then obviously, you know, that's a mild transgression yes. in this film. Yes, it's a joke. Um, he is a jackass, uh, but not in the sense that we're thinking of. Um, but yeah, so it would have been funny if they'd have had like, you know, uh, Steve-O pop out and do a cameo when he said, am I a jackass? But, you know, this film doesn't have that kind of humour. Um, so yeah, Lampwick begins turning into Donkey. The CGI is pretty good. I, you know, I thought the transformation was quite funny. This, of course, leads us to the theory in Shrek that Donkey is one of the kids from Pleasure Island hmm. that has been turned into a, because obviously it's set in the land of fairy tales and Pinocchio, uh-huh. Pinocchio, the character exists in is Shrek. There. Yeah, so. I had not heard that theory, and uh, that that works for me, actually. Yeah, suddenly 20 Years of Shrek has been completely turned on its head because Donkey is not a donkey, but merely a child trapped in a donkey's body. Um, so, And maybe that explains why he doesn't, in fact, have a name. He uh, doesn't want to, you know, yeah. have the reminder of his, uh, his past well, life when he was not a donkey. Whenever Shrek 5 comes out, we can have them reveal what his name was, and he can turn back into that child. Um, Maybe he's Lampwick. He well, yeah. Well, that that is a possibility. That would be interesting to see. Uh, you know, them actually go that route. Uh, but yeah, and then Pinocchio starts turning into a donkey, but only his ears and a little wooden tail. And Jiminy Cricket has caught up with him. And Jiminy Cricket is like, we need to get away from here because, um, <laughs> because the coachman is bringing children to this island so that they can, you know, pleasure themselves. Uh, if you will and by doing that they turn themselves into donkeys which then get used in the salt mines by this i don't understand <laughs> why the donkeys are more useful in the salt mines than the children would be i don't i mean Actually. i i guess you know the the kind of the monster um you know he respects child labor laws so i guess if he <laughs> You know, if the vapor monster... If you transform the kids into donkeys, it doesn't count. Yeah. But it's 1895. There are no child labor laws. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I, I mean, I think at this point there were actually laws in Britain where you couldn't you, okay. you couldn't send kids up chimneys and into the mines anymore. So I guess they kind of sort of existed. But yeah, basically... Uh, yeah. Do they in Italy, though? Probably not. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not familiar with labor laws of Italy of the late 1800s. But yeah, I, I think it's funny because like, yeah, the vapor monster who basically we have no idea why, who the vapor monster is, what he wants, what he's doing here. It's just literally the coachman sells all these kids to the vapor monster so that he could. And, he, and he, he says out loud, the sooner all these kids turn into donkeys, the sooner we get paid. Like, buddy, you've delivered the kids. Can they not pay you for the kids? And then the donkey transformation is just like a secondary thing that happens later. Like, why do they have to all transform into donkeys for you to get paid? It seems like a bad deal you've struck there. Uh, but you are dealing with a vapor monster. So I, d- I don't know what the logic would be of that. Um, yeah. 
Oh, so, okay, I will. I, I actually did just look this up okay. because I'm a nerdy historian. United Italy passed its first child labor law in 1886. Oh. And according to that law, children under the age of nine could not work in industrial factories, quarries, and mines. And those under 10 could not work below ground. And there is additional dangerous and unhealthy occupations banned for those under 15. Yeah. But I feel like they could just get children like around 10. And they could still work it of like ten, of like eleven or so. Well, and they could just still work I, in the I, mines. I mean, with our guesswork, we put Pinocchio's age at roughly ten, didn't we? So yeah. This, so in a weird way, it feels like Chris Weitz probably did some um, deep dive onto the Italian labor laws, and this is why um, the vapor monster needs them all as donkeys rather than kids. Um, yeah, and this is actually coming from the abstract of uh, an article by Carl Ibsen, which is in a book that is called. Italy in the age of Pinocchio, children and danger hey. in the liberal era. See, look at this. We've stumbled upon a theme. Uh, yeah, which came out in 2006. So it uh, easily, easily, um, it is very possible that Chris White's read this book <laughs> yeah. as, as research. I was like, if a vapor monster respects the labor laws, then he needs donkeys rather than kids in the, in the salt mines. Um, or at least has to be very careful about the children being over 10. <laughs> yeah. I've, although nobody's checking birth certificates. According to one of the kids on the coach, when it runs by and accidentally picks up Pinocchio, this coach just appears magically on certain times and at certain cross routes. So he just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Um, but yeah. So anyway, we uh, the weird thing is after the transformation into the donkey, we don't actually stay on Pleasure Island for much longer. We're immediately back at Geppetto's house. And the way we get there is by um, Pinocchio and Jiminy Cricket, like swimming back to land. Um, but they they basically just get off Pleasure Island and then they they straight away they're home. Um, you know, still with the donkey ears and the tail. Um, and they find out from people around and then also from Sophia that Geppetto has sold all of his clocks to buy a boat so that he can go to Pleasure Island, which apparently is a known location, which is, I thought, I thought it was like a, yeah, I thought it was like a magical thing that only appeared at a certain time, but apparently it's a fixed location that's there all the time, so. The, to be fair, he doesn't actually make it there, so I don't know, maybe he, maybe he's wrong about the idea that he can get to Pleasure Island. Yeah, maybe, I, 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 the implication would have to be that you either get taken there by the coachman, or you have to be a young boy to be able to find it, so that, or a young girl, right. should I say, unless, you know. Uh, Disney, of course, they went woke and they added some girls into this mix, um, some of whom were like really doing like the opposite of the elves making toys, just smashing stuff up when they were smashed. They focused on a few girls and I was like, OK, I guess, you know, um, girls can break stuff. Yeah, too. girls can be terrible people breaking up clocks and making Pinocchio cry as well. Feminism. Uh, yeah. Hashtag. There also is, by the way, this weird line that's like real girls always like the real boys more. And I'm like that. There's a lot we could do to unpack that. <laughs> that we're just going to move on from. Yeah. Hashtag International Women's Day. Um, so we, which was a couple of days ago. So <laughs> when people hear this, it'll probably be a couple of weeks ago. But to me, that was a humorous joke that I just made for myself. Uh, but yeah, so they're back at Geppetto's and Sophia says, yeah, he's gone to Pleasure Island and, you know, he sold all these clocks. And, you know, he loves those clocks because he wouldn't sell them to that guy who burst in earlier with like a really over the top Italian accent. So I hope that guy got to buy the clocks because like he made the very good point that it's ridiculous that he has this giant shop of clocks and he won't sell any of the clocks. So I hope he got a clock. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was that was that was Angus Wright who did that. Um, 
who, who that aggressively fake Italian. Yeah, accent. the aggressively fake. Who was also in the film? Uh, he was also in the Witches with Robert Zemeckis, and mm. um, he was also in a film called The Bank Job, which is about some. Uh, if I don't know if you remember this film, it's a Jason Statham film. Vaguely, where uh, MI five had to steal some. Um, they had to steal some saucy pictures of one of the members of the royal family from a bank. Um, it's implied it's pictures of the queen's sister mm, okay. caught in sexual poses. Uh, but yeah, so Angus Wright was in that. Um, the movie name sounds familiar, but I also, I think I might have seen it, but also there's like five semi-identical Jason Statham movies <laughs> that have just all been combined in my head, so you know I'm what? not totally the sure. The bank job is one where he actually acts instead of just doing his Jason Statham thing. Um, okay. But yeah, and this guy, and the, 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 I mean, obviously we should have touched on this earlier, but you know, he was also in See How They Run, um, which was uh, the film. Oh, the, who was, who was he in that? He is the, he's one of the detectives, uh, Sergeant Bakewell. Oh. oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a great film. Everybody should watch that. It also includes Sam Rockwell and Shersha Ronan and Adrian Brody, Ruth Wilson, like just a huge cast, stacked cast. Yeah, um, no, great movie. Somebody playing Richard Attenborough, uh, who you know refers to everyone as as like darling, and that's what he used to do in real life. Uh, R.I.P. Richard Attenborough. Um, but yeah, so you know, Pinocchio makes the the choice to, that they're going to go back out to sea and they're going to find Geppetto, who's now just on a boat in the middle of the ocean. I mean, Tom Hanks did okay last time that happened, uh, which of course was in Captain <laughs> Phillips. Last time he was stranded at sea was in Captain Phillips, not um, not Castaway. I mean, is Pinocchio really any better of a companion than Wilson? I'm just saying. <laughs> well, Geppetto has not only just gone out to sea, but he's gone out to sea with his cat and his fish. Yep. <laughs> Yep, as you do. Yeah. As you do. You just pile your, like, weird come-hither-eyed fish and your cat into this, like, tiny boat that it is not believable, fundamentally, that this thing can be steered or that this is <laughs> not just utterly destroyed within 45 seconds of being on the open ocean. Yeah. Uh, there's a funny joke where uh, they, like, they say that he's bought a little boat and um, Jiminy Cricket says he's got a dinghy. And Pinocchio goes, what's that? And he goes, it's a little boat. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's kind of funny. Kind of funny that Pinocchio knows nothing and Jiminy Cricket like has to, like he used a word that Pinocchio didn't understand and the explanation was just a lot simpler to say. Um, but yeah, we find out, you know, that we get to this dock and, um, you know, uh, um, Jiminy Cricket goes out with Sophia to try and figure out where Geppetto is. They get a, a vague read on where he might be. Um, but as they do, we see that Stromboli's uh, circus has arrived and Pinocchio hides under the dock. Um, but rather than like speaking and saying, hey, Pinocchio, it's us. Don't worry about it. You know, rather than you think it's Stromboli, uh, the ballerina uh, Sabina pops down and starts talking to Pinocchio, rekindling that romance. Um, and uh, they basically explain that they took they, they got him arrested uh, for poor treatment of his um, his workers, puppets. Yeah, which which again might be another. <laughs> this might be another reference to the the labor laws of Italy in the late eighteen hundreds that Chris Weiss obviously researched in writing this film. Um, and so he's been, he's been arrested, and they've taken over the show. Socialism clearly happening here. They've turned it into a co op, um, 
and you know they invite they say to Pinocchio why don't you come along with us because obviously Pinocchio was the most successful act they've ever had people were literally throwing money at the stage and he's like no I think I should go and rescue my father who is currently stuck in the middle of the ocean by himself <laughs> on a boat with a cat and a fish and no real food and no way of getting home and so she's like okay all right then I get <laughs> I guess you can join us next year when we when we come back and do our um you know we do our, our summer show um, and he's like, and it feels, vi- and again, there is so much weird sexual tension. <laughs> um, and yeah, next year, Pinocchio still will not have reached the age of consent. No. Um, but yeah, so like this is, and then we get to like effectively the big climax of the film, which includes a sea monster called Monstro. Uh, As they do. Yeah. Literally no imagination in the naming. Um, so we see Pinocchio basically, um, I don't know, like parasailing. Um, we've we've got the, the 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 seagull is pulling him as he kind of jet skis on the the surface of the water. Uh, we get a you know we get a brief moment where as he's approaching Geppetto, Geppetto's like, "Is he running on water?" Of course he is. He's made of wood. And I'm like, Geppetto, what are you like? Are you off your? Are you, Why do we need this line? Yeah, but I, I mean, it feels like it, the next line would have been because he's Jesus Christ. Of course, he can walk on water, <laughs> but they never go in that direction. But that would have been funny. Um, that would have been way funnier. Yeah, no. They also have Pinocchio when he does show up and, you know, be, and, you know, is, he and Geppetto, you know, recover one another that he summarizes the entire movie. And I'm like, oh, no, yeah. I just had to watch this. Come <laughs> yeah. on. That is, that is what I put in my notes. Don't do this That's, to me. That is literally what I put in my notes. I put Pinocchio recaps the film. <laughs> which i just thought was funny like if you haven't if you literally turn the i don't know if disney plus are doing this as like a tactic where if you turn the film on right now you could literally get a full recap from Pinocchio and go oh i don't have to watch the previous hour and 20 minutes then <laughs> like honestly if only i'd done that yeah this is also i think where i wrote in my notes how on earth is there still another 27 minutes of this movie <laughs> and to be fair it turns out that the last 15 minutes are credits but still yeah it, like if it, I, I mean it like it feels like they want to do something here at the end to kind of as a big climax but it's like it's very small like literally monstro comes up and swallows everybody except for jiminy cricket is that correct jiminy cricket like yes yeah well and sophia yeah and then jiminy cricket floats down <laughs> with his umbrella um which I, I i mean i don't know how to break this to people but that is not a thing you can do if you have an umbrella, it's not how umbrellas yeah, work. umbrellas don't do that. Like, uh, maybe it'll work for like a tiny cricket, but it's a tiny umbrella. You would need a bigger umbrella to catch the wind, so he didn't just drop like a stone. But anyway, it feels very Mary Poppins esque. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, there is a little bit. Maybe of that. that's what they're. I going mean, for. he's a magic talking cricket. So what are we trying to do? Yeah. Put the the laws of physics on him. I mean, we've already got. Yeah, I mean, crickets also don't talk and have southern accents, so you know. Yeah. Um, and you know, obviously, uh, also, you know, I feel like if we're drawing, Geppetto starts with a G. That means God. Pinocchio is obviously walking in water. He's clearly Jesus. He's Jesus. Yeah. And so, obviously, this has got to be the Holy Spirit that is Jiminy Cricket. So, why are we trying to put constraints on, uh, you know, the Holy Ghost who is the messenger of the Lord? Anyway, he floats. Exactly. He floats. <laughs> he floats by the eye of <laughs> Monstro, and Monstro kind of looks at him, and I think Monstro is going to do something, but he doesn't do anything. Um, and then Pinocchio uses a trick he did earlier um, of producing fire to make Monstro open his mouth. Um, they're on a bigger boat, not Geppetto's dinghy, and they get thrown out of the mouth. Um, and then, but the back of the boat is kind of missing, and in real life that would just start sinking. But because this is, yeah, com- you know, because this is weird physics, um, the boat stays there, and Pinocchio turns himself into a motorboat, running really, really fast 
to get away from Monstro. Uh, Geppetto does nothing useful other than like saying he's gaining on us. Um, which you know, what, what do you want Pinocchio to do? He's already a motorboat. He can't go any faster. Except as Monstro approaches, he goes a bit faster. And I'm like, Pinocchio, if you were in gear three, why not go into gear four and go that fast anyway? Because you would have got away from Monstro easily. Instead, he lets Monstro catch up and then gets faster. <laughs> so he creates. He's inspired. Yeah, he creates his, he creates his own narrative tension uh, for no mm-hmm. particular reason. Um, and of course, as Monstro, like they get to like this cave um, and then Monstro crashes into this, you know, into the thing and it kind of knocks him forward and uh, they land on the beach and Geppetto is dead. R.I.P. Geppetto lying on the beach with his fish and his cat next to him. <laughs> um, you can tell how little I care because I just wrote in my notes, LOL, dad's dead or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, the thing is, of course, uh, Tom Hanks very rarely dies in films. I think to date he's only mm. died about seven times out of like 50-something films. So mm. his death he's, his death rate is very, very low, and particularly on film. Like, his actual deaths on film are very, very low. Maybe only four or five times he's actually died on screen, the first of which was Saving Private Ryan. The man was making mm. films for nearly 20 years before he died on screen. Um, huh. And so, obviously, we know he's not going to die here. Uh, he, did die, right. he did die in Elvis, but that's because it was a real character. Um, and spoiler alert for Man Called Otto, he dies in that film too. Um, but that's because that's based on a novel and another film where that happened. So, um, but yeah, here Geppetto, he's brought back to life by Pinocchio singing "When You Wish Upon a Star," but through tears and his magical tears resurrect Geppetto. Um, and there's a cave in front of them, or I don't know where it is. It's got a light. <laughs> And Geppetto's like, you know, you're alive. We're a family. The cat's here. The fish is here. Jiminy Cricket's here. We're all back together. How do we... And keep in mind as well, when he when Pinocchio recapped everything that happened, Geppetto went, you did all that in one day? I haven't done that in my entire life. And I just thought that's kind of funny that like Geppetto's like, I've got a boring life. Um, you know, why don't, why don't I just end it now? No, he, instead he's going to... Like, he's like, do you know how to get us back to land? And Pinocchio's like, no, I'll just walk towards that light in that cave. And that is what they do. And that leaves Jiminy Cricket at the front of the screen as narrator. And he says to us, and this is probably, I don't know, like, I don't know if people should watch this film, but I think this is the funniest way that they ended this film ever, is by Jiminy Cricket saying, now some people say that Pinocchio was rewarded and became a real boy. Keep in, keep in mind that the Blue Fairy at the beginning laid down three things that Pinocchio had to do. He had to be like honest and good and whatever. And that then he could become a real boy. And he wants to become a real boy. And he did all that. Yeah, he's done everything. But Jiminy Cricket turns to camera as the narrator and says, people say he became a real boy, but I don't know if that's completely correct. People might just be making stuff up. <laughs> and there's also this weird bit where Geppetto's like, I know you probably think that I don't really want you. I want my dead son. And, uh, you know, I only will love you if you're a real boy. But actually, it's fine if you're not. Because, you know, a real boy couldn't have, like, helped save us from that sea monster. So maybe it's better to have a fake son. Yeah, also, a real boy wouldn't have, like, got lost and gone to Pleasure Island and forced their father (laughs) to come after them. Like, you you know. Well, I mean, maybe they would, because I'm sure maybe Lamp, maybe what would have been funnier is if we'd have pulled out and seen that there was like a dozen parents and a dozen dinghies trying to get <laughs> their kids back from Pleasure Island. We see like Lampwick's <laughs> parents being like, what's where is my son? You know, um, 
but yeah, so Geppetto's like, look, you don't have to change. Uh, again, Disney going woke here. I mean, like, just what, be your own true self. Like, okay. Yeah, like, you know, doesn't matter if you want to be I a mean, boy or a girl or whatever. Like, come on, Disney. Um, but yeah, so... I'm also just here sitting at the end being like, I don't care if Pinocchio becomes a real boy or not. I want somebody to make a wish to turn that thing, that like eldritch horror of an animation into a real cat. <laughs> Yeah, that would have been funny if the cat had turned to the screen and gone, well, I've been a good cat. Can't, don't I get to be a real cat? Um, can you please replace this ridiculous CGI with an actual cat? Yeah, can, can give I, me an actual fish to eat? Can I please be a real cat that can actually eat stuff? That's what they should have said. But Jiminy Cricket says maybe he became a real boy. Maybe he didn't. Who knows? People tell stories. And then that's where it ends. It goes to like a picture book sure. thing and it ends there. And I'm like, wait there. Is he not going to turn into a real boy? Wasn't that the very premise of this film? Isn't that what people came to see? Is somebody like, doesn't that, that happens in the original cartoon. He turns into a real right. boy. But why is that not happening here? And I thought, oh, well, maybe that's, maybe the original ending of like the books that were written by Carlo Collodi, maybe he didn't turn into a real boy in that. And it's just an invention of like Disney and stuff. No, he turns into a real boy at the end of that. It's very strange. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff about like a snail and, you know, bees and, you know, various other things. But like, and there's a snake in there and there's a lot of animals like, um, you know, there's also the island of busy bees and instead of like Pleasure Island. And But anyway, like there's a talking marmot that talks to him. and But like, yeah, like, you know, he turns it. He does turn into a donkey in that as well. Like, that's the key. That's the key thing. But anyway, in the in the actual book, he does actually turn into a, a, a real kid. So this isn't like subverting it and like going back to the original. This is just not doing the thing we came to look for, which was. Yeah, especially also because, you know, you sort of were, you were you know, joking, you know, Disney, Disney going woke and here. It's like, actually, it is once again, I think it is fundamentally conservative because Pinocchio seems like he wants to be a real boy. It's just his father who's like, you know, like, whatever, I don't care. And it seems like the movie is then saying to Pinocchio, like, yeah, no, we're not going to necessarily say that you can like transition from the thing that you were, <laughs> from like the thing that you were assigned as at birth to something else. We're a little worried of that. We're not cool with that one. Yeah. I, I say as somebody residing in a state where that's now like not legal for children to do. Thank you, Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, you were assi you were assigned puppet at birth and that is what you have to stay. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing you can do. You can't take no steroids, no nothing, no making. You've got to be at least 18 before you're legally allowed to transition and even then we're not sure we like it yeah. is, the, uh, is the vibe of this movie i mean i th and the thing is i think we've we've kind of decided he is definitely under 18 he's like you know maybe 10 11 he, at most so yeah yeah he's certainly well under 18 he's too young to begin the transition from puppet to real boy um yeah i i the, the funny thing is i did like this film would have been more like less conservative and more interesting if instead of pinocchio being a little tiny wooden boy He'd been a tiny little wooden girl. He's a he's got yeah. He has no genitals, so he could be either gender. It doesn't really matter. So like he could start out as a tiny wooden boy and then become a real girl. Yeah, you know they could have done something like that, but obviously Robert Zemeckis is not known for making daring strides. Aside from when it comes to uh, the possibility of having sex with your own mother, then he's one hundred percent like he's made a trilogy about that. Um, so uh, you know. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. And implying that this uh, wooden puppet, this like wooden child puppet is going to have sex with a wooden adult puppet. That's fine. Oh yeah. Oh no. That like it, when he sees that ballerina next year, they are ready to bang. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, that's how the, just, the film just ends. And we, I mean, I, it's kind of weird because it's like, I, I don't know that I'm surprised that it finishes with Jiminy Cricket as narrator. 
Yeah. Basically saying Pinocchio didn't become a real boy and then finishing. Because I was expecting the narrator to come back and wrap things up. But I didn't think he'd wrap things up with a, well, is is the story of Pinocchio true where he turned into a boy? I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, what? What are you doing, Robert Zemeckis and Chris Veidt? Sure. Why did you make this choice to not have him do the one thing that is... Literally, Pinocchio is known for three things. One, his nose grows when he lies. Two, he turns into a donkey at some point and then turns back into a boy. And then three, he turns into a real boy at the end. Um, and actually, I think it's funny because as they're going to Pleasure Island, um, like Luke Evans keeps going, well, you know, it's a transformative place. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the experience will change you. Uh, and he, keep, right. <laughs> he keeps like, and I don't know why he's doing. I don't know why he's doing that because it's like, why are you doing this? Why do you keep? Why do you keep leaning on certain words? Like, right. in a very suspicious. And again, way. this movie has this like weird conservatism that's like, actually, no, you are not allowed to transform. You have to stay in precisely the like body that was like identified for you at birth. Yeah, apart from Lampwick, he gets to be a donkey and then work in the salt mines. <laughs> also, uh, I should say as well. Like one of the one of the reasons why that whole Shrek theory comes about the fact that um, he, Donkey is just a boy who was turned into a donkey on Pleasure Island, and then is because in this film, at no point does Pinocchio go back to get the rest of the boys off Pleasure Island. Yeah, he's he's like, well, <laughs> they seem like jerks. <laughs> yeah, it's like you've turned into a donkey, you get left on Pleasure Island to work in the salt mines for the vapor monster. That's it. There's no there's no going back and like helping those boys out like that's it you know right uh and girls and the girls now. yeah in the original the boys but yeah in this and the girls it's just so weird like that's it you've turned into a donkey that's why i said it would have been funny if we'd have seen some of the parents of the other people who've been turned into donkeys but no nope. they're just like geppetto is happy like clamoring outside you know like have like having like protest signs outside pleasure island being like <laughs> you need to you need to return our kids yeah they're, they're fed up of, t- of pleasure island being a tax haven in the middle of uh mm. you know italy uh, that's that's why they're getting with away with it. Free donkey child yeah, labor. They get free, and that's how that's how, and the thing is that's that's why they're so corrupt. Uh, but yeah, so that's the end of Pinocchio. A uh, really weird end of a film that probably should never have happened. That for some reason, Robert Zemeckis like just really loved, decided to make uh, like uh, like I say, there's some things that they could have done, like like having Pinocchio be a girl instead of a boy. Like yeah. it's not a huge change. But like, just so, like oh, so many people would have lost their absolutely, yeah, like, would have I, just absolutely a, lost it. This now. is the thing: is like that's such a tiny change, and yet I'm, you're right. Yeah, people would have absolutely. I mean, gone think of how many people are absolutely losing it because Ariel is black now. Like, yes, well, yeah, no, that, I think it's like it's it's a mermaid, ma'am. It does it does not matter. Yeah, mermaids aren't real, so you know, Hans Christian Andersen was, by my understanding, bisexual. Um, so like like what what do you, calm down yeah yeah like take a step back because like uh yeah uh yeah but, but i mean that is it like that's and i think that's the next remake that is coming out from like this was the last one yeah. that's the next one so but yeah like i feel like there would have been some tiny little cha- well here's the thing if they'd have done that if they'd have had pinocchio be a girl because let's face it pinocchio is i mean it's not a gender specific name i don't think i mean i guess the o means that it's a boy and it would have been so her, so it's Pinocchio. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, but like they could have still told the exact same story. Wouldn't there? Wouldn't nothing? Absolutely nothing would have changed in terms of substance. But they could have just yeah. been. It's a girl instead of a boy. He wants to be a real girl. I guess Geppetto saying that he wants a real girl might have been like 
you know, would have sounded like we're getting into like Lars and the Real Girl territory, where like it sounds like he wants a sex doll, maybe. But yeah, uh, or the um, uh, what's the name of the um, the um, the show that the was Asian on Quibi Legend, uh, Galatea. Yeah. Well, this yeah. So like it. I mean, I mean, it would have it would have ended up like it would have sounded a bit weird. But I get you know, like to me, it's like if you're going to do this one more, if you're going to do this for the sixteenth time, bring something yeah. completely new. And, right. you know, just a, t- a tiny change like that. And then yeah. people would have been outraged. We would have, you could have put it into cinemas and you would have made some money there yeah. instead of putting it onto and Disney if Plus. Said, and if he'd said real daughter, I feel like that wouldn't have been yeah. creepy. No. Well yeah, well, yeah, this is it. You give him a, you give him a dead daughter. You expand on why yeah. she's dead and why the mom is not there. You know, you make, you make all that a bit more clear instead of having this weird, vague gesture to like someone is dead. And so that's why he's doing this. And you don't put all that narration into Jiminy Cricket, like saying, oh, Geppetto lost his kid. And that's why it's like, like, how do you know? (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, because he just like makes kind of like vague comments about like, oh, he sort of looks like him. Yeah. And you're like. (laughs) Like there's like so much like weird unspoken backstory. Yeah. Uh, But yeah. So, but you know, we have to judge this film. So let's get into it. It's either T. Hanks or no T. Hanks. Uh, I th- I feel I know where we both are on this, Sarah. But let's say it out loud. Your judgment on on Pinocchio, twenty twenty two, not the one that people are thinking of, the, which was the good one, which is nominated for Oscars, <laughs> but the bad one that won Razzies. I'm gonna give it a solid no T Hanks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just including that, like this was not a good Tom Hanks performance. I'm not sure it was an offensive Tom Hanks performance, but it was. Like that guy was phone. Like he was phoning it in, honestly. Like, which he does not usually do. I think it's. I think it's weird because like people kind of criticized his performance in Elvis. You know, obviously won some Razzies, but like the criticism of it was like it was a bit like kind of weird and over the top. And it's like I'm sorry, but like if you're playing Colonel Tom Parker, who in real life was a complete right. weirdo, you have to really lean into the weirdo thing. Yeah. And you have to make him this weird, creepy guy who's constantly emerging from the shadows. And because he was a weird, creepy guy. Yeah. And and so I think Tom, like, in instead of doing, like, a, a thing that... I mean, you know, on that episode, we, you know, me and the, 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 the my guests agreed that maybe, it, like, the film is, is succeeds despite Tom Hanks' weird performance. But I think at the same time, I think it kind of works within the context of what Baz Luhrmann was doing, because that film is not like, you know, that film is dialed up to 11. So you've got to have a performance that fits with Mm -hmm. the the aesthetic of the film. And I think Tom Hanks fits there. Whereas here, it feels like he's doing nothing. It feels like he grew a mustache and then he had his hair dyed white and then he sat on an empty soundstage by himself and talked to himself for hours. And then they constructed a film around it. Um, and sort of vaguely failed to sing like it's it's just as I said like Luke Evans is not in a lot of this movie but Luke Evans knows exactly what he was hired for and is leaning into it Tom Hanks seems like he just like does not want to be here (laughs) yeah I don't blame him but that's the vibe with you know the next film is going to be a man man called Otto and again people were like like with all, with all, like it's, there's a few years where Tom has made like three films in a year, and each of those films had very specific criticisms. Which is, his performance was too big in in Elvis. Like here, this film is like you know unnecessary because it's just a, it's just a remake that Disney are doing to hold on to some copyrights. 
And then with A Man Called Otto, people are like, well, there already exists a film that's called A Man Called Ove, and that is a better film. So why is Tom doing this? And like, he's barely in this film. Like he, if he's in like half an hour of this, like, you know, hour and 40 film, maybe I'm overestimating, but like he's in the beginning a lot. And then after that, he's just wandering around looking for Pinocchio. And most of the film is Pinocchio. Obviously that's the title of the he's film. He's got like a chunk at the beginning and a shorter chunk at the end, yeah. basically. Um, and like... I, it feels like he he maybe if if you know if he was doing the Polar Express thing and he was also Pinocchio, maybe he would have been more involved in terms of his performance as Geppetto. Uh, but as it is, you know, Robert Zemeckis has, has has moved on to the point where he doesn't need one actor to play like fifty different roles. So he just gets to sit around in an empty soundstage for like maybe I don't know a week, and then kind of talk to some like green objects. And there's one scene where he like picks up Pinocchio after he's made him for the first time, where I think they might have they might have made a real Pinocchio, but again, it could just be very convincing CGI because yeah. there seems to be a little bit of weight to what he's lifting. But you know, like it's meant to be made, made out of pine, so it'd be really light anyway. So who can tell? But yeah, just no T Hanks for me as well. Like, you know, I've seen some bad Tom Hanks films. You've seen some bad Tom Hanks films. We've been yep. on podcasts about some bad Tom Hanks films, and I don't think this is as bad as any of the Robert Langdon films. And I don't think it's as bad as that one where he played that pilot, um, the name of the film I cannot recall. And then, you know, there's a couple of other films, you know, and I don't think this is as bad as the Polar Express, but it's still, like, I don't even think it's I'm like... I'm sure anything as bad as Polar Express. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it's as bad as, like, you know, 29% or 27% on Rotten Tomatoes would suggest, but it's, it's it, you know, it's not more than, like, a 4 out of 10. And... Yeah, it, it's just... It's mostly boring yeah. when it's not a little offensive. And then also the fact that the changes they've made, like taking out most of Honest John and the and the fairy, and then also turning Pleasure Island just into things kids would enjoy doing without adults. Like every 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 choice they've made just makes this film seem like more and more conservative. And yeah. you know we keep joking about like it being woke, but it is not in any in any case. Like if this film, yeah, had, no, it's a fundamentally extremely conservative film, actually. Yeah, if this if this film had like you know done literally any tiny change, then people would have been outraged and we would have heard about it. But nobody even talked about this film other than to say why are the two Pinocchios coming out at the same time? <laughs> and you know, uh, you know, the other one has to be referred to as Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, so people know the difference. Um, and yeah, you know, it's just a, a big disappointment. Um, so is there anything that you wish to plug before we go? Uh, yeah, so I will go ahead and plug my podcast, Media Evil, a medieval pop culture podcast, where I talk about representations in modern media, mostly movies of the medieval past. Uh, and you can in particular check out my episode on uh, Robert Zemeckis's Beowulf, uh, where you can hear me expand upon the uh, no I gave to the question of whether it is at all accurate to the original story of Beowulf. And you can find us uh, on Twitter at T underscore FT memory. Uh, thanks for being my guest once more again, Sarah, and apologies for having to watch this film. Thank you for having me. And I guess I seem to have volunteered. So, <laughs> And obviously this film was all about a boy called Pinocchio, but the next one is about a man. Like a Fade stay